we are live now. Hello. Hi. We were just talking about Anna's travel. Yes. So I was at Europeans in person this week and um, I had a, like, I left the US in a snowstorm and got delayed and had to go via road routes that I was not supposed to go and stay in places I wasn't supposed to stay. And, <laughs> but finally got there. And then um, because I'm going to the music on ice um, show in Switzerland next weekend, I'm like needed staying in Europe and staying in Poland in between. And so I was taking a bus with my friend from Kaunas to, well, it was supposed to be Kaunas to Warsaw. And then we were going to take a train from Warsaw to Gdansk where she lives. Um, we got stuck in the snow on the road in like random bit of rural Poland. Um, almost got in an accident. Our bus was like going uh-huh. sideways for a minute. Um, we missed our train. We thought for a minute that we could get a plane from Warsaw to Gdansk. So we bought plane tickets, went to the airport, just missed checking in, had to stay overnight in Warsaw, like spent the night or like four hours worth of the night, got a, fl- a train then the next morning at like 5 a.m. and made it because she had to go back to work. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was an adventure. I feel like I had now everyone was complaining about um my friends were all saying that you know oh yeah you're going to Poland but you don't really need to go to Warsaw there's not really any, it's not really worth seeing and I was like oh I'm sure there's something worth seeing but now that I've had this experience I feel like I hate Warsaw so. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> for the weather but it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong but now I'm in Krakow um and in a very nice hostel and um feeling much more fondly toward Poland in general once I had gotten some sleep and not stuck on a bus Oh my goodness. Hi, Laura. I was about to say to all of our Polish viewers, Poland is beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I, am, I, I love Poland. I'm enjoying it so much. Everything I've had to eat has been amazing. Um, I really liked Gdansk. I went to a, the World War II Museum and it was super interesting and walked all around and Krakow is beautiful. And I'm sure that Warsaw also has really nice parts. It's um, the part where we were stuck trying to figure out how to get from a train station to a bus station and like walking down an alley in a snowstorm was not so much fun. Though. So I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone from Warsaw, but that part was not so fun. No, how long is the bus ride? It was supposed to be six hours from Countess to um, Warsaw, but it ended up being more like eight. Uh, that's okay. But my friend who was going directly from um Countess to Krakow had more like a 14-hour bus ride in the snow, also delayed all of the adventures. So I think the moral of the story has been don't take buses in the winter when it might snow, um, because this has now happened to me in two different countries that this has caused problems. So (laughs) hi, Claudia. Yes, I know all of my ongoing adventures in, like, I feel bad complaining about all of this because I'm like, here, I'm so lucky I got to, you know, go to Europeans and um, to take this amazing two weeks to travel. And like, mostly I'm having a great time, but there have definitely been some misadventures along the way. <laughs> oh, dear. Shall we have a guest with us? Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me and inviting me to join you. It's an absolute pleasure. So please, um, we, I feel like we should introduce you because I think some people will know you, but not everyone, or at least not, you know, put a face to the name. Um, 
So Louise is a competitive ice dancer, British champion, um, and commentates for say Eurosport and Discovery Plus. Do I have that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay. And so you were commentating on Europeans. Um, yes. How was that for you? I, it was great. So I actually did it from a studio via a link. So I, I, I didn't have the pleasure of being there in person. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very cool in a sense, you know, because it's like we're there, really. We're, we're very tunnel vision on the, the screens. We have different views. And um, yeah, it's, it's always a privilege for me to be able to share my knowledge and, and watch so much of it in a concentrated fashion like that. Um, I love it. That's great. And could you feel the kind of energy of the crowd and how unusual it was from remotely? I guess that's sort of a question for everyone. Cause I think I was, when I yeah. watched back some videos, I was like, okay, that was cool. But it, like in the building, it had so much um, of a different impact. Um, so I, I, I suppose the, the best way to relate it really was that there, I don't think there's anything that really could replace being there in person to feel that kind of electricity. Um, however, I did Europeans in Sheffield in 2012, so obviously at home for me. So watching the Lithuanian skaters really brought back fond memories because I just remember how overwhelming it was to be able to skate at home, and um, and it was it, it was really quite a big deal for the UK as well. So um, whilst I I perhaps didn't feel the same energy and electricity as you would have done there. I did, you know, it did bring back fond memories and I have experienced that before. So, yeah, uh, but it looked amazing. Uh, and I got Chris, Chris Howarth, who was commentating for the ISU, who I very often work with, was sending me videos and we were on the phone several times a day. So he was saying to me, it's amazing. You're really missing out, which, of course, helps. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was it was quite something, wasn't it? Really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. John, you can really tell best yours ever. So I'm just reading the comment real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the ice dance, free dance atmosphere was off the chain. The crowd were so generous to everyone. Yeah, yeah. You could really tell, especially with the Lithuanian teams. Like the crowd would not shut up before they like before they were due to skate. They would just keep clapping. Yeah, they just keep clapping. <laughs> I think it was Alison that said we didn't even know if we'd finished at the right time with the music because we could barely hear the music. So, you know, it, it, it must have just been amazing for them. I would think it wouldn't have mattered at that point, honestly, because it was just, you know, if they couldn't hear, then the judges probably couldn't hear either. <laughs> yeah. There were times when I'm like, wow, this crowd is like finding ways to clap along to like classical music that doesn't even have a beat. They were like... Um, but the things that were the most impressive were the fact that it was this big arena and that they actually had people sitting all the way up to the top. And it made such a difference. Like there was this sense that there was a crowd up above your eye level. Um, like it just somehow created this like over like it, it was like surround sound atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think was the difference? I mean, th that part, of course, that the audience was like, but was there like anything else, like the audience or the music they were playing or? Yeah, they had. Um, so, you know, I think that this is kind of, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people about like, okay, so this is, why is this European so different? Like, what did this um, organizing committee do that made a different or whatever about it? And there were, I think, like for sometimes good reasons and sometimes 
you know, bad impacts. Like this was a team that actually didn't really come from this figure skating world. Like a lot of the people in the organizing committee mostly do like other sports or like other entertainment events. And that meant that like, I think sometimes that was frustrating for the people who knew how things had to go for figure skating, like working with these people who were like, well, but why? Like we don't have to do it that way. But I think the the good side of that was that they brought in um, like stuff that works in other sporting events, like to have like, um, like lots of audience interaction. There was like a DJ playing like pump up music and getting people to sing along and getting people to like play games. Basically um, they had like, cards hold up for the colors of the Lithuanian flag. They had like all of this stuff. So, and at the beginning of the week when the crowds were smaller, it was like, wow, this is really awkward and way too loud and way too intense. And like, can we just chill please? But but as the week went on and as the crowd started getting bigger, it was like, oh wow, this is actually really cool. And like, you know, I completely drank the Kool-Aid. I was like, I wish I knew how to sing along to these songs in Lithuanian. um it was you know so there was like a great feeling and by the time that the gala was also sold out um and so by the time that that finished where they had like the fire eaters which was it was really cool it was the skaters looked so freaked out because they were basically told just skate in this little circle and as long as you stay here you'll be safe and i could see them in practice going uh what (laughs) but it was very cool. And like the crowd didn't want to leave. People were like, we just want to stay and party, basically. Yeah. I mean, Claudia is saying I was blown away by the audience. Uh, atmosphere was nothing like I've ever experienced before. And then, by the way, I'm reading these out loud because we are also putting this up as a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, And then Miriam is saying it was louder than when I saw um, PC I mean, <laughs> in Montpellier. It was insane. And... Um, what I want to say, oh, by the way, I do not know why these buttons are showing up. Is this a new feature? I haven't been aware of why these yeah, thumbs I, this has Yeah, this hasn't yeah. been happening before today. I don't know where the thumbs up have come from. It's very We strange. don't know what it is. Um, I'm excited to see what else is happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's not something you've missed while you've been away. That's, that's a new thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, should we start the commentary, maybe? Yeah. I think our first, anybody wants to introduce the pairs with us? Sure. So the pair's uh, winner was Lucrezia Beccari, Matteo Guarice. Silver was Anastasia Medelkina and Luca Baralava. And bronze was Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini. Um, yeah. So um, I just want to say before we talk about the people, since continuing on, um, this was the most uh, people I've ever seen for a pairs event. Also, it wasn't as full as Ice Dance, but suddenly we we're like, wait, why are there more people for pairs than there are for men? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Do Lithuanians love pairs? And it, it turns out that, like, is basically spillover effect. Like, maybe some people didn't know the difference between pairs and Ice Dance, and they thought they were coming for the Ice Dance, but they were still <laughs> excited for the pairs. So it was actually really nice to see a pairs competition that had a really strong crowd that was excited for it. And it seemed like such a... I think this was probably in my opinion, the most competitive of, of all the discipline events because you didn't really know who was going to win. Like, there was there were, could have been six or seven teams that, that made it onto this podium and could have won. Yeah, and I totally agree with that comment about Filippo and Rebecca. Um, like, they're favorites of mine, so I'm a little biased, but I was so happy for them. And uh, the crowd actually booed their scores for the short program. Yes, they did. <laughs> because they were so low? 
Yeah. Uh, because they probably thought they should have been in first and yeah. uh, they weren't. <laughs> and uh, I may agree that the team that were in first after the short program maybe were a bit inflated in this. Yeah, I think they were third on the, the program component score, though, weren't they? And then it was the levels that was a bit off. Um, so I mm. congratulated the coach, Daniel Agiano, and he straight away was like, uh, the levels were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Daniel, but you know, it's okay. It's not over yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah. yeah. Claudia is saying so sad for Conti and Machi not even making the podium. Yeah, this was not their event. Like, it was too big of a mountain to climb after the hole they dug themselves into in the short program. Just kind of everything was kind of off. And they said there was an issue with their music. It felt like their timing was wrong from, from the off. Um, so they just like they completely kind of lost themselves in the program. So yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see who makes the world's team because obviously only two of the three Italian teams here are going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think they have a um, they have a criteria that they're supposed to be going by, but I can't remember what it was. I know that after Italian nationals, that um, there was only one point separating um, Vicari Guarisse and. Gilardi Ambrosini, but I think that Contimachi were ahead of them both. So then, yeah. like, Contimachi scored like over 200 in like several events. So I think yeah. they might still be in the lead, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to go by that criteria or not. Yeah. Um, Nicola was really mad. Um, I, and I, yeah. by the way, if I agree, completely agree about the program, it doesn't have the same magic it I'm, had last and year. It's annoyed me since like the off season. I, I cannot fathom why you would keep that free skate. After the success you had with it last year, everyone has seen it. I don't. I don't know why you would keep it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, what were you saying about uh, who was mad? <laughs> so, so um, Nicolo Machi. Um, when I talked to the team after their free skate, um, he was like, "This just you know, this isn't our Europeans. This isn't our season." Um, he was like, I want to get on the plane right now and I don't care. And someone's like, well, there's oh, still the no. gala. And he's like, we're not going to the gala. Like he was oh, like, no. very, very angry. Um, and just like angry, like, I mean, not just angry at himself, you know, and at, at the situation, like it wasn't like he was, he thought they were wrongly scored or anything. He was just like really frustrated. And Sarah was trying to be like, okay, but the season's not over and we still have worlds. And so it was just, it was interesting seeing their dynamic and it made me wonder like with that kind of anger, you can either turn it into like motivation or I worry that it was a little bit like, oh, the season is such a, is a wash. It's a waste. Like we want it to be over already and, you know, and start fresh. So I'm really curious if they do go to worlds, how they get their energy back to try to not feel like, you know, they're, Stop. Yeah, it probably felt like they were like turning a corner when they came second at the Grand Prix final. And maybe they should have actually won the Grand Prix final. I do think they were maybe a little bit undermarked. Um, but then for Sarah to get ill over nationals and be in bed rest for like something like four or five days and then have to get back into training for this and then for everything to kind of go wrong here, it's just it's kind of like one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What did you all think about... Um... The, I feel like it was such a surprise to see the mistakes from um, the Germans from um, Minerva and um, yeah, um, uh, Minerva and Nikita. It, I feel like it will benefit them in the long run because they've had such a strong season and they haven't really faltered at all. I feel like they'll learn a lot from, from the things that went wrong for them here and hopefully 
they'll do better at Worlds, but like, it's obviously disappointing for them. I know Minerva was ill over the Christmas break as well, and still did Nationals even though she was ill. Um, but yeah, I, you know, things are going to go wrong sometimes, so you're not going to win everything. Yeah, I think it's all, um, you know, character building and, you know, they came out and they've just been so successful all season. And I think expectations, there are, when you have expectations of results and you're, you know, relatively unbeaten, so to speak, it then becomes like a pressure that you don't want to spoil that run either. So even, you know, the strongest characters, if you just get that little demon, and let's be honest, we saw a few of those demons creeping across every uh, section. Um, I think it can really affect you. And, you know, they... They didn't make mistakes. It wasn't necessarily a scandal that they were to drop. It's just just how it goes, you know. So, but I would think that this a blip, you know, and and they're clearly a strong team, so they'll use it for the right energy to to push us. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'll be interested to see how they come back here, and um, I'm seeing both them and um, Annika and Robert at the ACE show that I'm going to. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping I'll get a chance to talk to them yeah. there because I think for both of them, it's like, obviously this, this was frustrating in different ways, but like how they kind of move on from here to the rest of their season. Um, you know, for Annika and Robert, it was really interesting to see like, Robert was in so much pain earlier this season and he's really gotten like, he's gotten healthy and he was feeling like pretty happy with how they did, but cause he was you know, knowing that they weren't going to be able to be at their best. And I think for Annika, it was much harder because she was feeling like they, she had been practicing a lot on her own. Her solo jumps were going really well and then it didn't happen there. So I think, I think it was that feeling of, you know, for her, it was like, well, I should be the one having the easy time. And then, but, I think it's still disruptive to training, even if they just haven't done as many run-throughs, you know, doing that in the competition is still different. Yeah, and you're, you're two halves of a whole at the end of the day. So if one of you is is down or is injured, it does affect the other one of you. And, the, you know, he maybe was just like, I've got a point to prove. And and so he excelled and, and, and she carried the baggage a little bit. So it's just one of those things that... I, I don't doubt they'll come back stronger. They're a great team. Yeah. Yeah, I was so um, proud of him getting all the lifts just because, like, obviously that's the thing they haven't been able to do and they haven't been able to train those until very recently. But I think it's just a mental block for Anna. For the... Oh, no. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> she will be back in a second. Yeah, I was I was surprised to Point see this comment. There. This would be interesting. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. You were just stuck. And now you're back. Yes. <laughs> Good. <I'm> back. <laughs> uh, this will be interesting for because usually we do a live stream for a world's preview. So it will be interesting to ask you guys who are your top three. <laughs> because yeah. it feels impossible. I think this really shook it up too because you've got teams that at the start of the season seemed really strong, like Deanna and Max, and then they're struggling some. And then we would have expected Kantimachi to be strong and the Japanese to be strong. And like, and they're not, you know, there, but then we've got other teams like coming up. So it's, I agree. I think there's at least nine or 10 even teams that could be on the podium. Um, and that's, that's really exciting. I just think like, especially thinking about how Paris was seeming kind of weak that now we've got, you know, so many strong teams and, um, I was really encouraged to see like the strength of some of the teams that are coming up. Like I got to talk to the Polish team here a bit. Um, and 
I'm really impressed with how much they've improved. Um, and they seem like they've got a, a great attitude. They're both fun people and just like, that's really fun to see. Um, like, I think there's also, you know, we, we can talk about maybe the top six teams here as being like those that were the podium contenders, but there's a group under them that are not as far behind as they were. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think it's very, it's really interesting to see that um, the field is getting deeper um, and I was also, I have to say, really proud of um, Anna and Luke, the British team who did um, really well in their short program, had a rough free skate, but, you know, they were in the warm-up group with the three medalists from Europeans last year, and they looked like they belonged there. And it was a really cool way to see, you know, how they've also um, really improved. Yeah, there's a, a lot of great things happening with British skating. I'm really proud to be able to say that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think I think both pair teams are quite strong. Um, I think Anna and Luke for sure have the edge at the moment. They just, you know, if you like see them, they're so in shape as well. You know, in terms of their physical ability, Anna she posts loads of stuff on Instagram. Um, they've been working with Stacey Kemp and David King, if you remember them from uh, around a decade ago as well as a British pair team. And they're just very, very on it. Um, and I thought, you know, if you think a season back or even to Skate America when we saw them as well, because they, they had a little bit of a rough time there, the improvement, particularly on the short, they completely held their own. The free, I mean, was a different story and it was unfortunate. It was hard to watch. But, you know, lots of people that we didn't expect to make mistakes made mistakes on the free as well. So, um, yeah, it's really great to see them hold their own up there inside that top 10. And, and you know, um, I wouldn't say comfortably because I think it's literally like a, a, an element one way or another could change the whole order, honestly. But, um, but yeah, they, um, they, they fought for it. And... Um, yeah, you know, good for them. We'll, we'll see what the future brings. Hopefully more and more progress. Yeah, and when you've got teams, I mean, in and some it's ways... So impressive, I was gonna say, it's so impressive how they've been able to rework their twist. Like, the fact that it was by far their weakest element, like, even a year ago, and now they are consistently getting positive GOEs on it. It's almost kind of like the other elements have kind of taken a step back, almost, that they finally got that one figured out, maybe now that, now that they can put it all together. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. And we haven't talked about our top two here, or but also yes, let's <laughs> thank you, Ellie, for your sorry. I needed to put that out because yeah, yes, yeah. yeah I felt I so that, bad for the couple of They were sick, or she was sick, I think, previously, and just was not, you know, said she was feeling shaky going into it and everything. But yeah, it was really a shame. Yeah, I think from from what I heard, she was, I mean, clearly not okay after the fall um but uh it was more the fact that she was ill and weak and the fall happened as a consequence of because she's usually yeah. so strong you know so solid isn't she and and so I, I i mean i don't know what it was like to watch live but i had my mic off thankfully but it was one of those <gasps> you know when i saw her go down it yeah. didn't hurt right that was a not a nice fall to watch but I, I believe she was uh, uh, bruised, but needs to get well over anything else. Yeah, it was. I think it was really. I'm glad that they withdrew. That was one of those like, yes, this is the smart choice. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, hopefully they will be healthy, and she'll be healthy the next time we see them. Um, 
And I was going to say, we haven't talked about the um, gold and silver medalists yet. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and so part of me is like, I can't believe that the CATS program won uh, Europeans. But also, like, there's something that is like, Europeans is like a little bit camp in the best of ways. Like this year, there's like a little bit of that, like Eurovision, like a, I, I'm, I'm saying this as an American who was thinking that several times that if this competition and some of these things were happening in the US, I would be like, oh, that's tacky. I hate it. And I was like, no, but it's fun because it's like, <laughs> and I think that like, even though cats is not European, like there's like, there, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm stretching here, but there was something about it that I was like, this is a little bit ridiculous and a little bit camp, but kind of in the best of ways. And I'm glad that, um, like, I'm very happy for the team and I'm happy for Matteo, who had many, many years worth of um, Europeans and many years worth of wearing kind of like funny unitard costumes. It felt like this was a completion of that journey. I thought it was I really like the program, honestly. And I, I think it was Barbara Fuzzapoli who choreographed it as well, didn't it? Didn't she? And, you know, um, she's going to know how to do it well, right? So I really felt like it, you could see her influence in it. I really enjoyed it. I found it entertaining. And, you know, we, we can hit this level in skating and in each of the categories where all the ladies go for a tango and all the dancers pick a, a lyrical track. And so, you know, to just do something that we all know, but we wouldn't expect them to pick. I was like, do you know what? It was time for a cat, you know? And it was really entertaining. And I think it helped that they skated really well because if they hadn't, we might've gone, you know, but I, I, I really loved it. And even the end, I mean, why wouldn't you do cat claws, you know? <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it. I know. I I've love seen that. the potential I love in her. that program all season. And I've just, I, everyone else has been like, oh, the cat's program. I've been like, I think the cat's program has potential. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think I am more into it in theory than I am in practice. Because every time I hear it, I remember that I dislike <laughs> the music. But that's like, that's a me problem, not a them problem. <laughs> um <laughs> I think there are programs where you get used to the music during the seasons, and then there are programs where you're like, I can't hear the song anymore. <laughs> um, I often um, wonder if the skaters yeah, so, feel the same. Like <laughs> six yeah, months of yeah, so like, um, train the quad twist and quad cell. Um, I'd have to see what it looks like first uh, to to really judge um, if I think that's a good idea. <laughs> but I mean, I. Well, they, I can see why they want to do it and why they want to bring that in to make themselves more competitive against the other teams in the field. I didn't talk to them about it here, but I remember at last year's Europeans, Matteo talking about wanting this and, um, and Lucrezia saying, yeah, and I really want to do the quads. And so it was kind of, it's interesting seeing like that ambition coming from both of them. But what Matteo was saying was that Lucrezia rotates really quickly and that that's the key to doing the quads safely um, and particularly the quad throw that they've really studied the technique that um, Megan Duhamel and Eric Radford used where um, they have talked about being able to, you know, safely train quad throws by you know, only doing a small number of repetitions each day and keeping it and keeping the jump small, like not trying to make a giant, like Chinese style pair throw out of it, um, but like have it be really fast rotation. And so 
I was I was impressed by like they seemed like they had a very intentional plan and theory for how to approach it. Um, and um, I think they did say that they're this is mostly going to be like an, an off season plan for them to to work on next. But I believe that they could do it. And yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I also think as well that by training up like that, that their current content will improve. I mean, there is an element of risk to it. I think their strategy is is on point with, you know, low repetition and all those things because one bad fall and uh, what's the point for everything else, honestly. But, but yeah, I think it can only help what they currently do, even if it's never achieved or ever goes into competition. And, and let's be honest, those Italian teams are really pushing through right now. So if you want to be the one selected going forwards and getting ready for pre-Olympic season, I, it's smart to put that out there, you know, just let's, let's present that and say that's what we're doing. And everybody else goes, Oh my gosh. You know, (laughs) it's true though. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love how much they're pushing each other. I think it's a really, it's a really cool thing to see those three teams and then the other ice lab teams all being, you know, a couple of times that they were saying that, you know, this competition doesn't feel so different because they're kind of competing every day. Like somebody goes out and does a clean run through, well, you want to go do, you know, so that they, they have some of that familiarity. Um, and it seems like a very like healthy competitive environment that they have. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, well, we trained, uh, so we were in Leon before the Montreal, um, school set up before I am, uh, set up. And it's just, it does help you so much to be train, training with your competitors every day. It also teaches life lessons because, you know, we were professional on the ice. But at weekends, we would go and have a great time together, you know. And then Monday came again, and then we're back to work. And so I think it, it just t- taught us really good standards. And, you know, you have some of those teams in the ice lab, actually, you know, with uh, Andre Hotarek. Um, Anna Capolini, Luca Lenotte. And so they, they have gone around and trained in different centers themselves and um, served their apprenticeship as coaches. And, you know, Andre in particular is very, very switched on. And he, I, I had the conversation with him at Skate America, actually. And he said to me, you know, you have to know to respect those who've been before us as well. We're doing a great thing there. I'm lucky I'm having the opportunity to work with these great teams, but I'm still learning from the people who've been there before me. And that level of respect as well, not to think he knows everything, really think he's serving him well, you know, and he's drawing from people that have been there before him. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I've been very impressed um, with that whole school and their approach to things. Um, And uh, the Franca Bianconi um, is not actively coaching, is my understanding, because she's on the ISU Development Commission now. And so I think she had to step back from being like an active coach um, as part of that. Um, like she's not, uh, I think she's probably, you know, still there and around, but not, um, she's not listed as a, as a coach um, for any of the, the teams at this point um, or for Matteo Rizzo, who she was also on the team for. So I think, um, but they've grown the number of coaches there. And um, I'm actually, um, I had a short conversation with her because she was there also as a commentator for Rai um, and so the Italian TV. And so she was, um, 
you know, still still around at Europeans, and um, I'm hoping to try to talk to her more about actually about the Development Commission because I think there's a lot of interesting things that they're doing about promoting pairs, but also you know really trying to intentionally share expertise across different um, different coaching schools and bring in people from like federations that don't have that kind of support at this point and stuff. So anyway, it's a, it's interesting to see all of that. Um, the other coach that was super prominent here that I think was kind of an interesting dynamic um, was um, Dmitry Savin. Um, it's a Russian coach who has a school in Sochi and both the um, Hungarian and the Dutch teams train there with him. But then he also works a lot with the, with, um, the teams that train in Berlin um, with Minerva and Nikita, and then with the Polish team, um, like mostly by video, I think. And then they're all, they were all going to come together for a camp before Worlds in Oberstdorf. And so it's interesting seeing like, okay, so despite the Russian ban, despite all of this, we're still seeing like a very active um, camp of skaters that are all training with this coach, some of them training in Russia, some not, um, and all doing really well this year. And so that was a just... I think I was less aware of that because they're not like, you know, a school in one place the way Ice Lab is. But I think that's also sort of an interesting cluster of skaters to talk about, like supporting and pushing each other. Um, so. No, that was a very good point. I just, <laughs> the silence. I apologize for the distraction. My cat <laughs> deciding to just like jump on my lap during that, that whole talk. Just looking at, <laughs> I mean, was that, an, uh, was that an idea to talk about it now? <laughs> <laughs> was it more like we can talk about it later <laughs> sorry what are we talking about i don't know i don't know if you want to open the discussion to talk about it now <laughs> because you said that would be an interesting group of people to talk about oh no i i was just yeah no i i said what i i said what i wanted to say but i'm glad to know that um lara that there's a an interview at seven because I, I think basically what i'm saying is that i'm i'm curious about him but i did not have it you know the, an in any in-depth conversation at yeah. this competition no, I think it was a very interesting thing to point out. <laughs> um, he also works with was... the Canadian teams, I believe. So anyway, I think it's it's an interesting thing. So yes. Um... Just looking at the time, I was thinking like we can maybe highlight some of the other skaters we haven't mentioned. I don't know. I think we mentioned them briefly, but Miam said um, Danilova and Siba were one of her highlights. Um, the chain yeah, program. Yeah, that's one of my so favorite good. programs. It's also good. Um, yeah. And that's a good example of the kind of what... Louise, you were saying about like having music that is not always like skating music, but then people know it and it really makes an impact. Um, I think, yeah, that's a great program. I think that the best programs are actually the ones that you might not necessarily like the music, but then you see somebody skate to it and you're like, oh, okay, uh, that was clever. Or I actually really like that music, but if you listen to it separately, you're like, oh, that is not skating music at all. You know, but there are some people that see the potential in it and take the risk and actually you're quite entertained by it. You yeah. Know? And there are a few of those are about at the moment, actually, that I find myself su pleasantly surprised that I'm like, I would never have skated to that or expected to choose that for somebody. But, you know, yeah. uh, smart choice. Yeah. And I think after the short, we might have expected the Georgians were going to pull off the whole thing. Um, and then having that fall. Um, for her fall on the side-by-side -side jump, um, you know, made that happen. Um, I was both very impressed with their quality seeing them in person, but also they don't have the same um, 
they do seem junior-ish in their presentation in a lot of ways. And so I'm kind of, you know, to from my non-technical um, perspective, I was glad to see that some of the teams that I think are a little bit um, more developed from that perspective um, still being able to be competitive, even though they're very impressive from a like elements perspective. I feel he also has... Um great expectations on what he what he expected the results to be at Europeans and what he wants to achieve and I have to say I felt it was really nice particularly um uh, I read some of the press conference quotes afterwards as well because I I didn't attend them but I, I felt he seemed happy happier than the same time last year and having watched him and Karina last year and I I found it really like I struggled to watch their energy and their overall, um, there was sort of a disregard that seeing him with his new partner now, I felt, okay, I feel like this is better. This is more healthy. And he seemed, he seemed happy. And um, he didn't look very happy when his scores came up in the kiss and cry area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they showed that in the venue, but on, on my screen, it was there. And I was like, Oh, you know, maybe you need a bit more time. Um, because, um, you can't expect a result necessarily. You have to earn a result. Yeah. And, you know, we, we know things go on behind the scenes, et cetera, but that's not, as an athlete, that's not what you can control. So, uh, and I think he, he dealt with, um, after the free program, I think he pretty much said that, that actually in reality, we've done a lot so far this season. You can't expect when we've only been together a short time for it all to go right all the time. So, uh, but I, I usually write down the ones I think will win, the ones I want to win. Um, and because there might be people that I, I just feel a connection to, you know, or I know from my 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 work and um, and my ones to watch. And I was like, you have watched them because you look at the papers. I, I'm a very techie, data driven person. So I was like, look at this. They're, these ones are the ones to watch for sure. Um, and they definitely are ones to watch. Um, but I, there was a point and I thought they would just walk it. But I think it was a really, really good result in the end, honestly. The, the right result based on performances. I totally now I would agree. be curious to know who you wanted to win and who. <laughs> I, got, you know, I got my notes here, like just in case. you talking, I'll get to my notes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I know the Hungarian team were disappointed with the scores they received. I don't necessarily think they have a leg to stand on with that opinion because their program components are demonstrably less than the teams around them. So while I could see it like making a case for them pushing for the bronze, I I don't think they're underscored. I think they have things to work on and improve on. Um, yeah. And you can't just go back to the media and say, oh, we're underscored, we don't agree with these scores. You have to look at the scores you're getting and think, why am I getting these scores and what can I do to improve so that I do get the results that I want next time? And Maria said that, the um, um, Maria Pavlova said that the um, their coach was to also telling them that they were underscored. And again, I don't think that that's particularly helpful in that case. It's said like, that in the media as well. Yeah, this is why you should have, I mean... 
I totally understand that it could be really frustrating to feel like you are doing as well as you can do and you're kind of doing what the rules say you should be doing to do well and to feel like you're not getting rewarded for it. Like, I totally understand that being really frustrating. And she's clearly an incredibly, I kind of like her in the sense that she's like very competitive and like really has a very strong personality, you can tell. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's not, you just have to like, this is why they judges could give feet, you know, give feedback. It's like, okay, well, if you're not, what you need to do is push your components, like, okay, go work on that or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in, in that case um, as well, this is when I feel choice of music is actually quite key. If you know that you're struggling on components, then I'm not suggesting they were, but it's not the time to be rebellious or outspoken or any of those things, you know? And so maybe for their future to pick something that allows them time to breathe, time to work on just extension and finesse. And, you know, look at the teams around you. What are they doing well? What do you do well? Do more of that. But then the areas you're falling down on, really try and work on it and then pick a vehicle that will allow you to show off the hard work you've done. And again, I'm not commenting on what they've done this season, but I think when we talked about music just previously, I think that's when it becomes quite important to um, to really pick something and maybe pick, choose a choreographer that um, will help you and nurture that side of things because it's, a, it's 50% of what you're doing essentially, you know, both on the quality of elements and on just your basic skating ability and, and the the construction of everything um, a bit like gift wrapping a parcel you know so it's so you're n not the same gift if you put it in a brown paper box and wrap it in newspaper you know so um <laughs> but i i still i like their they have like a level of attack that i really like you know so if they can hook on to you know not get fixated on being underscored but how can we you know make that gain then you know they, they can excel i'm sure they could so break through next season to being one of the top teams. Like, I think it's just that um, this year was people getting to know them a little bit and next year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm sure that's a frustrating thing to feel, but this is why I think I couldn't be an ice dancer because that <laughs> attitude would be so frustrating to me, but I mean, being there, done that, let's just say, you know, in hind hindsight is a great thing as well. I've I've uh, learned a lot for my future career from having been there myself. So, but yeah, um, it's how it is. <laughs> We're almost 45 minutes in and we've only talked about pairs. I know. I, just I do that. want I to like, hear oh, the oh. list and I feel like then we can move on. Um what was that? Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. I do want to hear your list now, and then I think we can move on. So here is my little cheat sheet that I put together before each event I commentate on. Uh, so who do I think will win? So I put down Hassel Volodin or Conti I sat on the fence with this one, by the way. Conti Machi and then the Dark Horses in the con competition were the Georgians for me, without question. So I just flicked through my notes and was like, oh, right, this was the one. So who do I want to win? And I put a lot of teams with great potential, so it's hard to choose. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really very useful. What I did put, and again, these are notes for me when I'm, I'm commentating, but... Um, that I was, I am really impressed by the Italian schools and their ethos and what they're doing and how they have kind of stripped back to basics and they're very humble with their approach. Um, so 
you know, they were my, uh, to see that being rewarded the way that I feel that they're, they're putting that together within pairs um, would be nice, but, which happened because we got two or three on the podium. So I'm happy. Um, I think I said this after Europeans last year, but I think I, I have to repeat it now, which is that um, the Italians, when they win, are having so much fun and are cheering and are so happy for each other. And the whole, like all the Italians are like always like, you know, hugging and kissing and being so happy that it makes you like want, like even if the Italian teams like or skaters like weren't the ones I was rooting for, it made me want them to win because like you want to be part of that energy. And so it was really fun to see that backstage and to see yeah. them like all cheering and supporting each other um so it's a healthy camaraderie as well you know I think that helps it just just creates so much more positivity when you can genuinely you know I'm gutted I didn't skate well but I'm really pleased for you you know I still want to beat you but I'm really you know I'm thrilled that that you had your moment so it it's you know I think it's better for your your general health to be like that if you can you can find definitely okay so let's move on to the men uh, Lois, can you? Yeah, can um, you do so the math? Is... <laughs> <laughs> so gold is um, Adam Adam Shahumfar, uh, silver Alexander Selevko, and bronze Matteo Rizzo. How are we feeling about that? Did anyone see Selevko coming on the podium? Any, I was going to say I don't think anyone expected <laughs> Selevko to be on the podium. <laughs> um, no, not not me. Not certainly not before the race. It did not make my list. I can tell you now. Um, <laughs> but he will do next time. But I, I was actually really thrilled that he was marked so well in the short program because you know he started way back. I'm pretty sure nobody saw him coming. And great innovation. Like the that guy and his team, they know the rules inside out. The the heliography. I mean, I was. You know, just in <laughs> awe of what they put together. And it's like we said earlier on, if you don't deliver it, then it's meh. But talk about timing. Um, you know, so to be so well placed after the short was great. And then, you know, could we have blamed him if it had fallen apart on the free? Not really, because it was, you know, but no. It was it's amazing. It's great. I, I love our sport for that, you know? So so good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see, I mean, to have the brothers competing together and to have it be such a hard con- con- uh, competition um, for Mikhail and then being so strong for Alexander, it's like, oh, that was very painful. Um, but it was good to see them. I th- and I believe that there's they will have two or three spots next year. Do we ever figure that out? It's two. It two? I, I know a lot of people thought it was three, but it's two because... If it, if it had just been Alexander in that competition and he had finished second, it would have been three because usually top two gets you through. Because Mikhail was 30th or whatever, you get 18 points if you don't make the free skate. So together that's 20 points. You need like 28 to get to 13 to get three. So it's still well. two, but um, <laughs> yeah. I talked um, after the competition to Johanna Alik, who's the um, she's a former Estonian skater and owns the Jiv Sport company um, that does like skating clothing. And she was saying just how like she'd been up until four in the morning the night before because all the Estonians were partying and having a you know like but also I think I think she was just like we were also revved up like we I don't think we actually stayed out until four but she was like I couldn't sleep afterwards like they were all so happy and. For between this performance and then um, Nina Petrokina doing so well um, at Skate America, it's like I think they're also feeling this like 
we've been building for a long time to get to this point, and now it's all finally starting to pay off. So that was also a really nice um, like story to see that, um, I don't know, I feel like somehow at Europeans more so than on the Grand Prix, people really feel like they're representing their country and that like all the skaters and the coaches and all the people that are from, you know, from that country and that federation are like, you know, really pulling for who's there representing them and in a way that feels a little bit more, I don't know, somehow like emotionally attached as the, the country than it does earlier in the season. And it's a shame with both Petrokina and Evolos Cubas both being injured. They've yeah. now gone back down to one spot because of the results that they got here. So it's a shame that they haven't been able to maintain that in the women's event. I'm super happy for Alexander. And I have to say that, um, you know, Adam, I think, was the clear, like, correct winner in that he was absolutely still the strongest here. Cool. It was not... Adam at his best here, which was a shame, but yeah. Um, I, I would agree yeah. with that. And I, I was checking in with Chris Daly and vice versa. And he said to me, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the practices. He was like, I'm telling you now, like Adam is just in a league of his own when you see his skating skills and his ability to perform. And what impresses me so much is his, the um, you know the the skaters now they need to be able to take themselves off axis to do the um, the step sequences to be sure they're going to get that level four and my god he's never on an axis he doesn't have one it's just you know and that for me I'm like that just takes a whole level of core stability that is superhuman you know and so I, I really believe nobody does that quite as well as as he does I mean uh, we. I don't know if we're talking about Kevin Amos, but he gives him a run for his money when he's on it. I mean, that's a whole different topic you might not want to talk about today. But um, but yeah, but other than that, for me, everybody else has an axis. They go away from it. They come back. But Adam, no, <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah, it's very impressive. And I was I, just because of the timing of like me running up and down from watching to the mix zone, I didn't get to see yeah. either of his performances live, but I did watch him in the practice. And- <laughs> He's very, very impressive. Um, and, you know, now two-time European championship champion back-to-back like that. Um, and then Matteo, um, I was so happy for. Um, and I think that in some ways this bronze, like, means it's his third European's medal. And in some ways I think it probably is the one that is going to be the most meaningful for him. He was very emotional afterwards and just was saying that you know this this was as well as he possibly could have performed maybe even above where he thought he could have been given how he's quite injured right now and um he has an ability i think we've seen this a few times with this free skate to kind of like doesn't matter where he was transcend the short program and be able to just do perform um that makes it really exciting to watch um yeah just especially even though i really like his short program it's like especially in the um free skate he has that energy that um yeah i was just very very happy to see him do this so well and we were saying after the um after the competition that if like i very much hope that he's able to get his surgery and come back and everything but he did say that it's like potentially career threatening that like what he's got um with his hip injury so i'm i was just thinking well 
if worst came to worst and this was his last competition, I think it would be one to be really proud of. And then hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully he'll be back next season and everything. But um, it was a really, uh, I think it was a really emotional moment for him. Yeah, I, I think the management of the the recovery is key and not coming back too soon. I mean, I'm sure he'll, you know, uh, well, it might change things for him, but if he's got the passion to return, I think just keeping that at bay while you're 100% fit is key because coming back prematurely could, I mean, you've got to think of life after sport as well, which when you're in it, you don't think about it, you know, because you're invincible, right? But um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. it's really important that he manages that well. But I'm sure that the team around him will, you know, will look after him and, and guide him wisely. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Johnny Bow, you would say, my heart broke for Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, he's had such a consistent season and it just did not, get all put together in the free skate here. He obviously had the opportunity to be second. Um, and had he had potentially a different Grand Prix assignment, he could have maybe made the final. Um, like his his fourth place score at uh, Grand Prix de France was I think higher than the the gold medal winning one in Canada. So it's it's been a bit of an unfortunate season of him trying to live up to the success he had last year. Of I mean, obviously he got the same result, but he, it was a shock bronze last year, and he was kind of expected to, to maybe land on the podium yeah. this year. So, he's a really nice, <laughs> really humble person, and um, it, you know, I, th- I think in some ways he's surprised at like how well he was doing, and that's part of the the process for him now is to figure out like, well, what does it mean to actually be one of the top competitors, and yeah, managing that. Um, Louise, you mentioned Kevin, and I do want to just say that, um, you know, whatever Kevin has going on, um, I think, you know, definitely hoping the best for him. I don't know, you know, what that's going to mean for him for Worlds or anything in the future. But, um, you know, I was talking to uh, Javier Fernandez, who's working with Luke Economides right now. And so, uh, and he was saying that he had actually was reaching out to Kevin's coach to see if there was anything that, you know, that he could offer any support or anything, just because like as a skater watching that and knowing that there was, you know, something going on that you care about the person first and wanting, you know, him to hear that from other people who are associated with French skating. It was a really nice moment. I'm not doing it justice, but I think, um, you know, yeah. despite all of it, there was definitely like people were worried, but also like, you know, trying to look out for him. Yeah, I I, I feel the same. I um I found it heartbreaking to watch. Um it is often nerve wracking to watch because we're not, you know, a, a, as French nationals proved also, you're not quite sure what you're gonna get. Um I root for him so much though like to um skate america you know his bolero was just amazing like i i just was in mesmerized by it uh seeing it live and um i, I just yeah you just connect with these people you know and i i the same i wish him the absolute best i really hope um that he's well looked after. And I thought that it was really interesting as well to see Sylvia Fontana. Very often we see her very quite heated. And if you watch her body language, she looks like she's trying to tell him to, you know, come on, come on. 
And she put her arm around him and she, you know, come on. And I just felt like we, we let's be kind because we really don't know what's going on. And this is the second competition in a row that things have not been quite right. And um, I think first and foremost, you have to look after you and he needs to look after him. And hopefully it'd be great to see him come back stronger, but I think he just needs to be in a really good, happy place um, on and off the ice, you know, to be able to reach his potential work, whatever that might be after this point. So uh, I, yeah, he's good. He made a post on uh, social media, I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah. That it, I mean, it doesn't explicitly say he's going to withdraw from Wales, but it kind of implied that we might be heading in that direction. And I think it would be good for him to take that time off and, reset and maybe come back next year with a different mindset because i don't think he could handle another competition of of this nature uh, this season like that would be it'd be the grand prix final the nationals and then europeans and then worlds i just think i don't personally think the french federation should have ever assigned him to this competition in the first place i think they should have maybe taken that decision away from him and and said you know take some time for yourself and maybe we'll put somebody in else who has an opportunity to go to this competition instead but what's done is done at this point <laughs> yeah, it's true it's true may i just throw one thing out there and i am totally changing the subject so please dismiss it but um may i ask your opinion on the backflip from adam um i have yeah. my own opinion but um did we like it did we not like it did we wonder why it was there did we, what what i mean you know he's been doing it consistently this season so i'm not entirely surprised he did it um considering the skate was not entirely clean i I was a little bit surprised he put it in there at the end but then he obviously knows the math and he knows the odds of anyone coming close to him at this competition are not great so he kind of just he's gonna do what he wants to do at this point he's he's he likes doing the backflip, and i do think I did wonder if it was just a case of him just doing it to entertain the audience, like he said at first. Um, but then I listened to his interview with Chris during the um, broadcast um, when one of the other events was on during warm-up. And it does kind of sound like, well, kind of made it clear that he wants the rules to be changed to allow more opportunity for skaters to be more creative um, and to allow them to do more dangerous moves like that, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm conflicted about it because on the one hand, I think, you know, is a backflip really that much more dangerous than the side, you know, a side aerial than a quad jump than a, you know, like, are we, you know, what are, what's the reason for, you know, for doing this when the skaters are going to do it all the time in the exhibitions? Like, it's like, I have some qualms about it from that perspective, but I do feel like, I don't like necessarily the idea that, um, we're just going to keep rewarding like tricks and it just it seems like it's a trick it seems like it's an acrobatic thing like i don't know it just it doesn't seem like it's skating to me it's like cool you can do a backflip but what does that actually say about your skating ability i and i've never done a backflip on skates i don't know what it says about your skating ability but it just it feels like I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. It's not what draws me to skating. On the other hand, I see the way the crowds react to it and how much people do get into it. So I feel like it's not the most aesthetic move, but if the song is right and if it like hits the right spot, then it can be quite powerful. And I also wonder 
how much of it is the history of it being banned from figure skating? Because obviously we have to acknowledge that there's quite a bit of history behind it, which we are not we're not going to go into it because we can't do it justice, justice right now. Uh, but so I feel like allowing it would maybe be not be the worst thing, just because it feels like it was banned for reasons. Yeah, I, I'm one a point bit of discourse like... I do agree with is that. Um... The fact that it can damage the ice when he does it and there's another skater on after him that, mm. that could yeah. potentially catch a topic in in you know the groove he's made in the ice and that i think if you're going last therefore there's less danger to it but that could have affected lucas's skate because he was on after him so that therefore then i do agree that there's an issue yeah. that maybe you shouldn't be doing it i do wonder how um different moves impact the eyes in general like does a quad impact the eyes a lot more than i wouldn't know because we don't get to see that side but i was wondering <laughs> how <laughs> how much truth is to that and how much like different moves truly impact the eyes yeah I, I well i think that's got to depend on the skater and the quality of the jump i mean of course a quad takes more force than a triple um but you know for a toe jump for me it's long low light for lift with the free leg so you go back long you tip in light and you know um then you lift but um but i'm not doing a quad so <laughs> um but yeah it's bound to impact it to some extent but but that's the way um well, how that compares to the amount of force on the back flip for the toe i you'd have to see it side by side right to see what difference that made but i'm sure the person and how they do it makes a difference too yeah in some ways, it, I I think that it does feel a little bit disrespectful to the people coming after you, not or the people you're competing with, not because of the, the, the ice piece of it so much, but it's a little bit that like, oh, it doesn't matter if I lose a, yeah. a, a point, um, I'm still going to beat you anyway. And like, maybe that's not disrespectful. Maybe that's just competitive. Like maybe that's me being like soft and not like, you know, sports competitive enough, but that. It, it does feel like a little bit of like either that's a flex and we're like excited about it or it's a little disrespectful. And I think that depends on like, yeah, some how we see it, but, like yeah, um, I think I don't know if, if you'd have seen it, but the, um, we got a shot and it was the back flip. And then it was the shot of um, the two coaches and Fabrice Blondel the, and they were just like, and I just, I don't know, it, it was team, so it looked like they were reacting to the backflip. Yeah. But I, if that was co correct and it correlated and read the way, the way I read it, it, I think he just thought, oh, we're just, you know, I didn't feel like it was planned by the team. No. To, not, again, yeah, it wasn't. I was given, but yeah, it was. I um, think the Federation I, was mad. That was the rumor. Oh, wow. The Federation was mad that he did it, but. Um, I'm a little bit. Ben did an interview and he was like, Adam's going to be Adam. I, I, I didn't know he was going to do that, but, you know, he's going to do what he wants. <laughs> he's a sweet guy, though, right? He's just doing his thing, carving his career. and But, yeah, I, I suppose I associate the backflip with a bit more of a show move. You know, it's the something that you, you know, the people hire for that particular trick. And so uh, there is more extreme skating that's coming into force and, and gaining quite a bit of momentum these days. And so um, 
it almost feels like a separate area of the sport to have a backflip and hang handsprings and, um, you know, cartwheels. And I know cartwheels are more of a transitional element. That's not the best example um, now. But I think you know where I'm going with it. The, the vibe just feels a bit tricky rather than, um, uh, you know, competitive, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, he did it and it didn't really matter, did it? So... You know, <laughs> I just wonder how much the energy in the room made him do it. Like because everything was so exciting and over the top, and then he just yeah. felt like doing it. I think after a clean skate, it would have had a bit more credibility than mm. after mistakes. And then it wasn't the best backflip either. So you know, uh, it, it didn't really. It, for me, I didn't think. Wow, I would just thought why did he do that you know yeah i was i was just gonna say something similar to what johnny just said i think it's also partly that Ilya has the the quad axle and that's his thing and adam needs his own thing to generate the buzz and the attention that obviously like because no one can do the quad axle like Ilya can do it so yeah. adam's decided i've learned the backflip I have the stamina to put it in at the end of a program, I'm going to put it in. <laughs> and in both cases, it has this undertone of, or I don't know, maybe explicit tone of the ISU is wrong about how things are scored. We can do really impressive things and we're not getting the credit for them. Like, So there's a bit yeah. of an advocacy that's happening with it also. Because which... Ilya's been like withholding the quad axle going like, I don't want to yeah. do it because you're not scoring it high enough. The, the base value is not high enough. Um, James is also yeah, saying there was a great similar. marketing marketing move yeah. because he got like a lot of views and I think that's I mean figure skating yeah. is also a bit self-promotion so yeah it's been going no. viral everywhere like I think Reddit yeah. Twitter he's gone viral Instagram. everywhere yeah. yeah yeah I mean and the sport needs that so you know <laughs> um <laughs> Some of the other performances that I wanted to mention, um, I was really, really impressed with Ivan Shumaratko here. Um, and um, I want to encourage if people didn't watch his performances to go watch them and to watch the short program and the free skate back to back because they're meant to be the continuation of the same story. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we have people who are in the sport who are, I think, really impressive and ambitious artists but if they don't have the technical ability or sometimes it's even if they don't have like the truly impressive like skating skills control of the blade part they don't get the pcs but i think for what choreographically um what ivan is doing is really impressive and meaningful um in terms of like telling the story of what's going on in Ukraine and just the way he was talking about it afterwards. And so I just was so impressed. And he actually skated very well, you know, doing things for the best visibility and that helped, um, you know, carry it off too. So, um, you know, when I was thinking about like, well, what are the moments that are going to stay with me? Um, his performances were definitely that for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I feel also that he's in the moment is in his performance and that is a real art and a skill but I'm not you can learn it but to make it as natural as he did that's coming from his heart you know and I really felt invited to join him on his journey rather than um inviting him to skate for me if that makes sense yeah. so it, it really I, I and I will always remember back 
to the, um, the championships after the war had started. And I, it was a real struggle to say anything. So for me, I'll always have a soft spot for him because I just can't possibly comprehend his journey. You know, I can't, you know, I can try and sympathize, but I, no one will know like him. So the way he shares his story and his emotion, I just think is a privilege, really, that he's there doing his thing for, for me to witness. Both he and um, uh, Anna Gozhna, the um, uh, Ukrainian woman skater, mentioned things in their interviews afterwards that were basically just the trauma that they're living with, that like being at this championship and seeing like for him, it was like seeing that the arena was made all out of glass. He was saying like he saw that and he was thinking, oh, if a bomb hits, we're all going to die. And then going, oh, right, we're not in Ukraine. And for her hearing like a loud sound, like a really loud like music yeah. starting made her yeah. jump. And just so like it was, you know, hearing that and thinking like, oh, yeah, like they're here and they're skating and they're doing what this. But like there's also that going on. So it it, you know, we're very lucky at skating. <laughs> Um, you know, as getting competition, you're just like kind of isolated from like everything that's going on in the outside world. And then there were those little reminders of like, oh, okay, that's what these people are dealing with. And it was, um, it was really impactful. Yeah. It's difficult to move on from that topic. Yeah. Uh, um, I will, I will give, I will just say the other two skaters that I um, was very impressed with here. One was, um, I really liked Nikita Starrison's new short program, the um, Nutcracker, I think was really lovely. Um, and I was glad to see him do pretty well here. And then um, I always like hesitate to even like wanted to talk about Dennis Vasiliev's because I could go off on like a long rant every time I do about how much um, I enjoy his skating. So I'll just say um, that mm -hmm. I thought he was great. And um, I'm still sad that the quads are not quite quadding. And then when I, there was a, a moment where I think um, Brent and I who were sitting in the press section were both yelling like combination at him. Um, which I think everyone was, but um, yes. So that was a bit frustrating, but um, I was glad to see that he said he was artistically fulfilled here, even though not necessarily technically fulfilled. Because when I talked to him back at Skate America, I think he was really feeling like struggling, like he didn't feel like he was right in into the programs. He was, you know, just his very high standards for himself. And so I was glad to see that he was feeling overall like he's getting there. And then um, definitely recommend folks to watch his exhibition um because i think that it's more so than either of the competitive programs his exhibition skate is amazing and really um probably the best thing that he's done yet in his career so maybe louise can share her, her list with us again <laughs> <laughs> right, this could be a real disappointment uh who do you think will win adam because that's not a difficult one to call who do you want to win um I put Adam because I would like to see him defend his title and, and prove that, you know, uh, he can do it more than once. And then I put Kevin Amos because honestly, genuinely, um, I would love I would love to see him succeed. Mm -hmm. And then I had Matteo and Dennis because for me, um, I find them very likable characters. And I know it's sport, but, you know, um, they're ambassadors for people coming through and people watching at home and I just they give me off really good impressions both when I see them and I speak to them and when you watch them as well I feel so and I love the skating of course but you know um yeah so I it's very hard for me to pick one uh when I say who do I want to win you know and the ones to watch for me were Kevin um 
it could go one way or the other. Dennis and Lukash, um, yeah. I thought, you know, uh, when uh, he's been very consistent. So, you know, um, so yeah, so there you go. There was my list. <laughs> um, and I had the true exciting adventure of um, making it onto Latvian TV um, while I was interviewing Dennis um, because uh, that was the, they decided to, um, to come along and film as we were doing a live interview with a bunch of fans. Um, and so, um, yeah, so there was a lot of like, See who does have fans and from around the world too, not just Latvians. It was very sweet and very funny, and it was like that, you know, the the local TV trying to explain figure skating to a non <laughs> audience kind of vibe. Um, but I was like, you know, I, was, I sent the screenshot. I was like, look, mom, I'm on Latvian TV. <laughs> Should have given you a hoodie. <laughs> the logo. I know it was, it was a nice moment. It was very funny, but um, it was actually really nice to um, hear Dennis talk as well after the performance. And you know, even though I think he was disappointed because he was hoping to place better here, um, he was in a really good mood. So, yeah. Any anybody else you want to talk about before we move on? Because it's very late already. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah, I was wondering how long you can stay, uh, Louis. Me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, providing no babies wake up, we're good. So <laughs> <laughs> the next category would be women, and we really want to talk about ice stands with you, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laura is also saying big shout out to Georgi Rechtenko. Sorry, I can't spell, uh, can't talk today. <laughs> yeah, I did really well here. Um, yeah. Okay. Women. Maybe it's to me. Maybe you. Yeah, want I can to... take this one. Um, so in first place, we have Luna Hendricks. Um, second, we have Anastasia Gubanova. And then third, we have Nina Pinceroni. So for Belgium, it was a very strong competition. Um, and I think it was Nina who was talking here. And she also said the same thing at NHK, which was that um, Belgium being a very small country, going up against all those like bigger federations internationally um, and with limited sort of access to ice rinks and the facilities that those bigger federations have to, to see them like thriving here and the season in general has been really nice yeah yeah agreed luna in the press conference said um belgium's lucky to have us which <laughs> is true and also i liked that she was feeling um you know the confidence to say that in that moment because basically what she was saying is like you know, they're doing really well despite not having great, you know, training conditions in the country. And I think it was a little bit of a, like, you know, just a little bit of a dig of like, hey, you know, it'd be nice if there was like actually a, a, you know, functioning figure skating rink in our country and we didn't all have to run around to um, train in different places and everything. So I'm always, uh, I'm a fan of skaters advocating for themselves and what they need. And so I, I was, thought it was kind of nice that she took that, <laughs> that moment of, you know, being very of the team you know both of them being very proud of themselves to say that too i also feel like it's always something a lot of skaters might do after they retired but it's one thing to do it while you are still competing and yeah we've seen that a lot lately which i really like yeah recently a lot of people are speaking out for themselves yeah so, and yeah. i'm interested sorry, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> i was just gonna say i think timing needs to be key with that you know you can say that when you're um of that level you know 
So, but I also think it's important to say it when you're at that level because you're also advocating for people who are coming and who are not at that level. So, yes, I that's your chance. I was going to ask Anna um, what it was like seeing Luna's programs in person because I'm still like on the fence about how I feel about those two programs this season. But is it like a different experience watching it live? Um, I saw her free skate live, the short program. I was um, in the mix zone actually talking to Nina. I have a kind of funny, some funny pictures that will go in the recap of um, of Nina watching Luna's performance on the monitor, kind of leaning around like while talking to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that um, when Luna is at her absolute, you know, when she hit is hitting everything, and can fully like live into those programs, they do really work. Um, if she's a little off, they don't as much. And I think it's a, it really takes a huge amount of confidence to carry it off. And so like, while I wouldn't say that they're my favorite programs overall, like I really do respect what she's doing with them because it, I think it's, they're really difficult both technically um, in terms of like putting combinations in the second half and the sheer like athleticism it takes to be able to do them. And I think the confidence that it takes to be able to do them. So yeah, I found that very impressive. Um, she, in some ways, I think she was, a, she seemed a little bit in um, better shape in like, just in terms of like energy level and strength um, and consistency when I saw her at Skate America than when I saw her here. But I think that at this point, I can't remember if she said that she had been sick over the last few weeks, but because it felt yeah. like like at least 50% of the skaters that I talked to had been sick at some point in December and hadn't missed training time. So it, um, but she, she was great here, but not, she was great, but I know she can be better. So that's the, mm-hmm. also the very high bar that she sets. Yeah, I think she got ill. A little bit earlier than that, I think she missed Belgium Nationals because she was very run down and she was sick and Nina won that. Um, so yeah, I think m- maybe she's a bit better on form now than she would have been slightly like in December or whatever, but yeah, yeah she, I, probably probably not as like healthy as she was at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we had some really exciting um, sort of new names coming up in the women's event this year. Um, like, and they're not new, new, but to see Olivia Kaiser place fourth here, um, she had some of the best skates of the um, both sections. Um, Serena Use also was really impressive here. Um, yeah, so just it was really cool to see uh, some new faces were you know, people who are really pushing and challenging. What was the most surprising yeah. to you? Because I just saw that uh, the Polish skater, I forgot her name. Kurak- Katarina Krakowa. Yeah, she did didn't make the final. I was surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah, everyone was very upset with that. I do think maybe she was, I know she had issues with her journals, but I do think maybe she was a little bit underscored. I mean, she was only missed by like half a point and she got a time deduction, which if she hadn't got, she would have made the free skate. It's just very unfortunate. Yeah, it's it was rough. I I do think that she um, her jump technique um, leaves her prone to under rotation calls, and she mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I was thinking about the sort of the requirement of the short program um, and to do the um, 
combination the way that they have to do it that um it hurts her and it also really hurts um Laranaki Gutman, another skater who often struggles with a short and then does better in the free. Um, like for Laranaki, her best combination is her Lutz Euler triple Saukau, and she can't put that in the short program. And so, like, there's, I think there's some of those short program, there are a few of these skaters who you think, like, okay, the short program requirements are definitely holding them back. And to some degree, I would put Katya in that category, but. It was a shame. I really think, you know, she's so loved is the other thing. Like, I think she's absolutely, she was, it was clear she was one of the most popular skaters there and people were really upset not to see her in the free. Um, so it was really a shame. Me included. I, I love her. I think she's super likable. Like, I really like the way she expresses. She's instrumental with her own choreography and her choices really, she knows what she's good at and she makes her choices accordingly. And she is a skater that's not afraid to say, hang on a minute, that doesn't work for me. And she's she's not old, you know, so to have that voice and use it, I think is really important. Um, I mean, I, I was just stunned that she was outside of the qualification. I, I mean, um, I get it. But I mean, I think it was it. It was a time. I know she had a deduction time violation, was it, or something? Yeah. I mean, that's really what did it. Um, I don't think she was meant to to slip outside, but I mean, it's just how it goes. Um, but I agree with you, Anna. I think, unfortunately, when you're, I don't know if consistent is the right way to put it, but you're very prone to being under rotated or within the queue. It just leaves you open and vulnerable um, for for losing marks in a field where if everybody skates similarly, you have to differentiate between the good and the amazing, you know? And so I really, uh, I mean, listening to her interview afterwards, she said, it'll kill me or it'll make me and or pretty much that. And, um, you know, I, I think her character, it will make her, but I think she needs to focus on the right things, which is, get that rotation sorted you know because then you're you're gonna gain rather than lose from that mm-hmm. yeah we have a little anecdote I, I think we've mentioned it before we interviewed her once and she was like the sweetest she was so kind but we <laughs> made a mistake in like the opening we always send the interviews out for them to like proofread or like just to fact check and we made a mistake and she just emailed back you made an error yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh my god <laughs> Please change this. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. But awesome. she's like, she's very sweet, and she's also like, oh, this is like this yeah, has to be very direct. direct. <laughs> it's very impressive because like this was like two or three years ago, and yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like twenty-one now, I think, isn't she? Uh, so yeah, she's yeah. very direct. And then uh, Johnny said, Lorene Sheard had two great skates. Yeah, she's a very consistent performer. Yeah, I, she's been very impressive. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen her since she was a juniors, but she's really coming to her own. It's like her first full senior season. I do get worried about her technique for longevity because despite the fact that she manages to land everything, her axis in the air is always a bit off. And okay. that concerns me if like, and like maybe if she grew or if anything changed, that that could throw off her jumps. But she she does have great potential. And I like that her programs were choreographed by Gabriella Papadakis this season. I think that really helped her to like, tap into like a new style and, and new experience. She had really nice things to say about how much she loves working with Gabby and just like how much it had helped her. Um, and she's actually, you know, she is one of the tallest skaters right now. Um, and, you know, that can be 
that can be a, you know, a good thing in some ways and a challenge in others. And just, um, I was impressed seeing her live though. Um, I thought that her, the quality of her skating, like her speed um, and her commitment to it um, was better than I was expecting having seen her on TV. And it's always hard to know like how much of that was the difference of seeing her live versus on TV versus how much she's, you know, been able to improve over the course of the season. But um, I thought she did very well here and, you know, really deserved to be, you know, up in that top, um, top group. Yeah. I think also that the, the skating skills and the basic quality of what she's doing will improve as she matures as a, a, a skater. She's young as well. And I think um, she's got these great long limbs and I think just getting the weight on this, the skate in the right place going forwards and backwards and learning how to really stretch your legs around the kneecap. And um, because her overall expression wasn't great. Lois, you are totally right. Watching it from where I watched it, her axis was like you'd think you were, (gasps) oh no, but she landed it. You know, it was really (laughs) like like a cat. Yeah, I I would not. It was like a a cat with nine lives, you know, she, oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that maturity, I mean, she's already working with the right people, you know, Gabriella Papadakis. And I think more of that will serve her really well. Um, But yeah, I think she's going to grow from this. And I just hope that um, she gains more control over her height and her body rather than it goes the other way because we see this Mm -hmm. as the girls mature very often that um it can go one of two ways um but i think she's surrounded by good people so i i think they know how to deal with that you know so um yeah we'll see how she goes but so far so good yeah i'm i'm hopeful for her in the sense like just having talked to her and like seeing her attitude and the people around her like it felt very I mean, from what you can tell from the outside, it seemed very supportive and not pressured in the sense that like she has to achieve everything right now. Um, and I think that seems like very a really good thing for someone her age. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that really impressed me. I was thinking about this with this Europeans that there were a couple of skaters who uh, made such a great case in the women for, um, you know, the benefits of a long career that we could see Julia Sauter coming in ninth you know, she's improved her placement, which was already a great placement from last year. And she's 26 and she's getting better, you know, still getting better. Um, I think it was really impressive to see Nina Povey um, actually skated very well here, um, you know, sort of mid-level placement, but she's 29 and at her first Europeans. Like, I I think that those are examples. And then, you know, to some degree, Luna is not that old, but like, you know, to have someone in their 20s being, able to do so well and I think it's just it's also that fact that you know there are people who are better in their 20s than they were as teenagers hopefully is reassuring to the teenagers who are feeling like they have to achieve everything you know right now in their first time out or it won't happen yeah I think you're completely right with that I think it's so important for the sport that the older skate older I mean how can you say old an older skater at 26 24 but it's true that are um are rewarded equally and encouraged because you have um talented 16 year olds that don't want to think their career's over at 16 when there's so much more that they can give to the sport and I think it was quite healthy that in each discipline at Europeans here we had really strong role models that maybe were well into the 20s late 20s 30s look at pairs look at dance the champions become like 34 35 it's really significant that you know um that we also give an example that it's not about 
getting to, you know, out of your teens and you quit because you've not made it yet. If you can and you have the means to be able to continue, there's a lot more you can give if you want to and you have the passion for it. Um, and, you know, there, when you, after your competitive career, if you're going into shows, there are skaters skating, like, very, very hard and intensely in a, up to a very, very high age. So I think some of the limitations come around the Olympic cycles and the timing as well as um, pressures maybe from federations, et cetera. But I am, um, I was never one of the, the teenage uh, talents myself. So I'm really, I'm a strong advocate for these um, um, slightly more mature experience skaters still having their chance to shine. I think it's wonderful. I was also really happy that Alexandra Golubkina got to come and skate at her um you know, at her home Europeans, I know she wasn't the top scoring Lithuanian skater, um, like maybe I think at nationals this year. I know that it seemed like there was a little bit of controversy over her getting sent. I think she's a really lovely skater. And, um, you know, again, it's like, she doesn't have the hardest content, but for what she can do, she did well. Um, And she had a, a really beautiful exhibition piece that I thought was very special and showed off all of those qualities. So I was very happy for her to get you know, as a skater that doesn't really get that kind of spotlight that much, it was really nice to see her mm-hmm. have it too. I think she's a beautiful skater as well. Like the, there's, you know, if she can continue to give, uh, I would watch her all day when she's on it. I thought she had a beautiful style. And so it looked like a really lovely technique and the finesse and de- attention to detail um, was, was really nice to see. So, um, so yeah, um, good on her. <laughs> and Nina Povey, as you mentioned, so they, they train similarly in uh, Dundee in the UK. So, uh, sorry, Nina trains in um, Sheffield, but both training in the UK. So, um, yeah, good for them for holding their own out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both very, you know, again, I feel like they're great role models for quality skating and people who have been, you know, been able to persist in their careers. So, yeah. Maybe we should listen to the list again. Is there a women's list? <laughs> because then we can find more. <laughs> okay, so who did I think would win? Luna. And who did I want to win? Luna. Because I feel like it's, yeah. you know, the one that got away. And I was like, come on, this time it has to be your turn. Um, I put ones to watch Kimi Rapond. We've not mentioned her yet. Um, I yeah. wasn't really wowed by her at Europeans. Uh, this time around last year, I was completely um, Gubanova because I was like, you know, she had it last year and, you know, maybe, maybe she was gonna, you know, take us by surprise. I had Kachi Kurakova, by the way, on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- those were my three ones to watch. So um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I would say that Kimmy, I was impressed. I'm always impressed when I see her live at her speed. Um, and just when you when she's out there, she's going like twice as fast around the rink as some of the other skaters. Yeah. Um, not always with the most complexity or anything, but it is actually it, it seemed very impressive to me. And then I do also really worry about her because she's grown so much. And from what she was saying about her technique and her approach, I worry that it's dependent on her being very thin. Um, mm. And so, you know, just with everything we know about in the sport, I'm not trying to, you know, make any assumptions about what's going on with her, but it just, um, it concerns me a little bit. And so I, I really hope that she's like being yeah. able to be healthy as she goes through these changes with puberty and, you know, isn't feeling like 
again, like she has to maintain everything perfectly, but you know, as she adjusts, but I, she's grown so much. Um, and it is concerning for me to see, um, yeah, her trying to maintain exactly the same sort of technique and size that she had as a younger skater. Yeah, I think that, and this is um, uh, something that's quite important in so so many ways. Um, uh, I think whatever age you are and wherever you are in the sport, it's really important that you um, you don't miss any fundamental component of looking after yourself as an athlete, as a human, as anything else. Um, I had also heard a few different things. And um, I, I think also just, you know, um, um, being up there ahead of um, a role model in Switzerland, you know, it's you, you need your athletes to be healthy and um and setting good examples. And I'm not, I really am not talking about whether she is or whether she isn't, but I think that the growing thing, and um, as you said about the, the the psychology, the principles of how how we jump like that. I mean, um, we, we need to be very protective of good technique, good conditioning, um, good nutrition, good psychology, all those things. So we're, we're really developing the coaches of the future as well, not just the, children or or young athletes at the moment you know mm-hmm. perhaps slightly controversial but it, it is very important <laughs> those yeah. things yeah and I think you know I was certainly colored by the fact that I was like I said I was having a con uh, did an interview with um Johanna Alik who's talked a lot about um eating disorders and skating and the pressure that she felt as a skater and just some of those dynamics and um I think that being in the front of my mind was also then you know I see um, you know, the reality is that, you know, some skaters not knowing any, you know, one person's story in particular, but the likelihood in this sport is that there are some skaters who are dealing with, um, body image, eating disorder, any of that. And so just knowing that in the back of my mind, it does put a, um, you know, sometimes it does make it hard to watch, um, the sport and the women in particular as, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's something that I always think about balancing the my under you know my sense that like I want to enjoy everyone skating and hope that they're being healthy and also knowing that there are probably some people who are struggling with things that we don't see. Yeah, I think you're right with that. And I, but I think that goes for lots of topics, not just in, when it comes to nutrition. But I think uh, it is a certainly as a female athlete uh, in an artistic sport, there is a lot of pressure on you um and from my own experience quite often the education isn't there as to how to be um full of energy lean and all those things as well but you know if you think of it in terms of something very black and white if you don't put fuel in a car it doesn't go you know Mm -hmm. and so our bodies are just the same and we need good nutrition for recovery for you know prevent injury and having high energy levels and um so it's a fundamental part uh but not knowing how to do that i think is a big problem that really um uh, is very helpful when you learn um how to look after yourself well and it's not that easy because it's not always you know a given um i i didn't have access to things like that i had to go and study to learn how to do those things because I couldn't afford a nutritionist or, you know, things like that. So I think it's really important to 
to give the athletes the means to be able to look after themselves smartly. And I feel like it's so important not only to hire nutritionists for wings, but also psychologists and like therapists, physical physiotherapists or whatever it's in English. Um, and then you see people like Itari uh, going to a diet show on TV, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a very different topic, but interesting. Yeah. Topic, but a different topic and <laughs> yeah. I, I think we should at one point in the off season definitely uh dive into that and maybe do a live stream on all of these topics because i think it's important um and then um, maybe we should look at some of the comments uh no one's mentioned livia um, i did mention livia yeah i was very, very proud of livia uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't <laughs> sometimes yeah, i, I forgot the names <laughs> <laughs> considering she uh, had like a she had a very good short program last year and then a, a not a very good free skate and she, they really like tanked her result last year so i'm very proud of her that she was able to oh no <laughs> maintain a... you were proud of her that's what counts <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i think she made a lot of new fans here and it was cool to see that as well that people were um a lot of people i think who hadn't noticed her last year because of exactly what you said um we're getting to really appreciate her. Yeah. And unless there's somebody you want to mention, somebody else, then we can move on mm -hmm. to ice dance because it's almost two hours already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Anna, you can. Sure. All right. So repeating for gold, we have Charlene Gunnard and Marco Fabri. Um, and then silver, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson. And then bronze was Alison Reed and Solius Amber Lavusius. And so we had a, a repeat of our top two, though I think with um, a lot of uh, close scoring and uh, drama, especially um, <laughs> coming out of the free skate, they were only about a point apart or coming out of the rhythm dance, they're only about a point apart there. So that was, um, I would say, you know, a little more drama and excitement than we often get in ice dance um, to see who was going to end up um, taking the title. And then, it was a really kind of emotional, wonderful um, bronze medal for Allison and Solius uh, with their home crowd. And just, um, I was a little worried going into the free dance, whether they were you know, going to be able to ride that and not let it overwhelm them. Because having so many people want you to do well, is amazing. But I also was just like, what if the like, ridiculous amount of noise and shouting that's going on right now throws them off their twizzles or something but they did really well <laughs> and I thought yeah they're very composed they would have deserved that bronze even you know even if they hadn't had a home crowd advantage I think they yeah that performance would have done it for them let's give Itsumi's interview with them a shout out <laughs> thanks for the compliment <laughs> interesting comment by Sage I um I disagree that Julia and Matthias were robbed. Um, I think they've consistently had some issues with their levels this season. Um, I don't think they were specifically tanked in order to give the, the bronze to Alison Sol. I think even if they had had a better skate, I don't think it would have been close because Alison Sol was so on it in that competition. I think I think they were destined to get the bronze no matter what. It was interesting. I, I did feel like, you know, of all the teams that were like, Oh, like a lot of teams, I think, you know, there were a lot of personal bests in ice dance and a lot of teams that were doing well here. Um, and then Julia and Matias did have, you know, probably one of the teams that had the a competition to not be happy with. Um, and 
that was, I would agree though, that it was more their performances than anything else. And then I think it's just, they were buoyed, you know, up by the home crowd and the, in the past, um, I thought that they were, it's hard to go from third to sixth. Um, yeah. So, but I think that that was in some ways less about them than it was that there were some fantastic performances. Um, you know, for me, the really the breakthrough, the breakthrough teams here, the ones that like, I think are going to really take a boost of momentum moving forward were Luisa Demi. Demico. I'm gonna. I, mean, I really should. I had interviewed them here. I really should have her name pronounced better now. But I'm. I struggle with French. Um, and Theo Le Mercier. Um, they ended up. You know, this is their third Europeans, but they're very young. They for them to place fifth here is amazing, and they really climbed in the free dance. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of my favorite teams. I love them. Yeah, and they're. Um, they just have such. Um, great energy, super nice people. And um, I also really appreciate how the, you know, they and the other young French team um, are really, they're different. They're, they're from each other and they both are really exciting for the future of um, French ice dance. And then um, Yuka and Yuho, the other Finnish team, I thought did fantastic here. Um, And for them also, you know, to place, 10th in this field was a real accomplishment and um, they like took every bit of the energy from that crowd into their programs and given that Yuka was really injured like knee and shoulder injuries going into this like they did so well Um, and I think again like really they've had fans for a long time but I think really here also solidified themselves as um, you know a new kind of contender yeah, they, they were a, a real treat, honestly, more so in the free dance for me than the short. But I um, I thoroughly enjoyed the performance and I, yeah, I, I hope we get to see more of them because I think they're, they're really, um, they were just very warm, weren't they, to watch. I felt, really felt like I was there with them, you know. I wanted to get up and skate with them. If, if a team makes me want to put my skates on now, I love them. You know, <laughs> so uh, if I can sit back and go, oh, no, you know what? It's fine. It looks hard work. I'm all right. But if they make me want to skate, then they, they get my vote. So um, and they did. Yeah. I uh, Just going back to um, the first Finnish team, uh, I I actually think in comparison to last season, I'm a little bit less affected by them somehow. I feel like uh, it's a chain of very neat technical elements. And they don't pull on my heartstrings as much as they've done in the past. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it. What exactly has changed? Because they're they're actually beautiful to watch. And uh, I had the pleasure of um, uh, spending a bit of time with uh, Maurizio Magalio um, uh, last was last summer, the summer before. And the guy is well, inspiration. He's very like he, he's more technically uh, data driven than me. He has it all in his spreadsheet, and it's very, very, very. You know, every practice is scored like you know GOE and this, that, and the other. And and he has graphs, and he was showing me his graphs, and um, very, very good. But um, actually, their skate kind of reflects this. Maybe if you haven't seen those things, you wouldn't have the same opinion as me. But um, yeah, so I, I just I think you're right. I think. Um, the um, the uh, there are teams out there that are really entertaining. They are able to draw the crowd in a lot, and they are producing the technical content. And so, 
um, there's no real room for error or mistakes or dropping a level because it's quite close and there's a lot of good people out there doing their thing. Yeah, and, and they the Finns are getting a lot of uh, support in the comment section, which is like everybody has their own taste, their own opinion. Um, I'm just putting up the comments right now, uh, which brings me <laughs> to a question I have. How are we feeling about the second place? <laughs> oh, because, um, uh, I'm... Very happy with the podium. That's exactly the podium okay. I wanted. <laughs> I, I I have to say I think the result was was right. Um, I was uh, even with the the third place. I I really um, wanted um, Alison and Solius to really skate out of their skin. So for me to be able to feel like it was they should be in bronze, irrespective of where they were, and I did. Um, unfortunately, Lila and Lewis, they made mistakes, you know? And uh, I haven't, I, I, you know, when you hear they're going to skate to Rocky earlier on in the season, I was like, really? What? <laughs> But, um, you know, listening to them, speaking to them, they have really tried to be respectful of boxing and, you know, learn, learn the craft, so to speak. And, um, I feel in previous seasons that um, odd transitions still looked a bit junior to me. Loose three legs, bent knees, and thrown away arms. And I felt looking at them here as silver medalists that they really have raised their game. They're improving season on season on season. Um, I love them as people, as a partnership. Um, but I really feel um, that they know who they are and they're not afraid to be who they are, and therefore they're choosing material that works for them. And so because it works for them, irrespective of what anybody else might expect or what the judges think, it's bringing the best out in them as performers. Um, so for me, they were um, they're definitely worthy, worthy of a silver medal. And on the day, I didn't feel their performance warranted the title because they made too many mistakes for me, whereas the Italians were clean 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 so yeah that's my own opinion on that i've come come to actually really enjoy the rocky program i think it has a few just like really amazing like they're, they're i think it's a combination lift but where she's sort of spinning around like it's it's so good and it, it really just drew, draws the crowd in but i could see like if i can see shakiness then i'm like oh okay there there's some yeah. and I think, you know, skating where they did in the placement was it's a big challenge. Um, yeah. You know, I was really impressed with the teams that um, had like the slower, more classical or whatever, you know, programs and were able to sort of take that energy in the room and like draw it into them and like use the intensity, but not feel like they had to, you know, change themselves in any way to yeah. match the crowd. And I really feel like the Italians were able, I was kind of worried. I was thinking, you know, how is this program going to, for the free dance, like, how is this going to land in having just had these two like very explosive moments of crowd energy, but it really felt like they were able to be very present, but like not hurried in a way that was just, they were so smooth. I think it was just the word I kept thinking, like everything that they did um, was Yeah, anyway, I was, I was very impressed. I will just <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. I did actually go watch the last three dance teams right. live, um, which I don't always get to see things in the arena because um, I'm usually talking to skaters. Um, but I really, I made sure to go sit 
and watch those last three. Um, and they were all fantastic. I mean, it was a really great ice dance event overall. And, and I thought the Italians really were something special though, like that extra little half step above. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I, uh, just must say, I do love the Rocky program. I'm converted based on my initial opinion of only hearing a music choice. I love it, but I think you're right. I think the Italians were exquisite. I was, um, relieved and pleased that they won on a good performance as well. Cause I think that doesn't taint the result because nobody could really argue it or, or have any bad, bad blood about it because at the end of the day, they skated really clean. They skated with class and elegance. And I think also, you know, having the experience, particularly in ice dance of, of the bad skates and the different arenas and the different crowds and the different pressures being that little bit older may have helped them. Um, because they have been able to draw, they're able to draw experiences from anywhere. And uh, I think it was I when I saw them, I was speaking to them in um, when they were in Sheffield at the Grand Prix. And um, Marco said to me, you know, we can pretty much skate under any pressure now, any circumstance. We've been there, we've done it. I mean, because I, I was competing against them. You know, they... And we finished <laughs> quite longer than I cared to remember ago now. And um, and so, yeah, I think having that experience really um, serves them well where they're at right now. And it gives them a sense of like of where they belong and um, a happy place because they, they can draw from those things. They have it in their back pocket to pull out and use when they need from their toolkit, you know. So, um, but yeah, they, they they really were beautiful, weren't they? I, I just... Yeah, just gorgeous. Really yeah. lovely to watch. I really found myself moved by their free dance in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting from having seen no. it um, on TV. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see. I'm really excited to see all of these teams at Worlds, and then how the Canadians and Americans like fit into that picture. I think is going to be. It feels exciting. It feels like I don't know what that you know, the rankings around that top 10 or the podium are going to be, that it could go a couple of directions. And that's kind of an, an exciting thing. Um, but mostly I just feel like I'm looking forward to seeing all of these programs again. And so I'm like, maybe I'll just go sit and watch the free dance. Maybe I won't talk to anybody. We'll just go to the press conference. <laughs> um, not be a journalist and just be a fan, which is, I'm just laughing at myself because like a year and a half ago, I'm like, ice dance is my least favorite discipline. Um <laughs> Yeah. But I'm really converted. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm thrilled you converted too. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it will be really interesting to see them up against the Americans and the Canadians. I have to say, when I was at Skate America watching Chuck Fates live this season, I was shocked. At, they were very, very neat, but I didn't find they carried a lot of speed across the ice or had a lot of ice coverage. And from what I've seen at Europeans and a lot of the other skaters, um, for example, we haven't mentioned them yet, but the, the two Czech teams, they are so fast and so powerful. I don't expect them to rival Chuck Bates. But, you know, when you get them up against um, the Italians this year and um, Lilo and Lewis, who have all improved and actually really go, um, it will be really interesting to see how, where, I mean, I would still expect them to potentially win at Worlds, but we'll see how they fare and, and how they look side by side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting. And the Toshlers, I was so happy to see them um, back and doing well here. And um, they, yeah, they're 
they're so impressive, especially, you know, I was seeing their rhythm dance and just like when they got on the ice, it was like, oh, wow, you are skating in a whole different level there. Like, you know, <laughs> the speed and the um, physicality that they bring to everything is it's amazing. And I was so happy for them after, you know, taking some time off to be able to come back this strongly. Um, Philip was saying that um, he, his injury, he thinks was caused because he'd been like, he'd been sick, hadn't been able to like eat enough, had lost some weight and then had been mm. trying to still do gym training through it. And that that's how he ended up like damaging um, his back, um, which I just thought was an inter, you know, he was being very frank about all of that. And I thought it was, it was an interesting sort of example of like, yeah, you really have to take care of yourselves in the basic ways, because if you, if like, you're not do- taking care of yourself and you're trying to push through, eventually something will, you know, break to a point that you can't. Um, and so then the fact that they took the full time off for him to be totally healed before coming back. Um, and then like Natalie was saying, like, they're, she then took that time to like you know deal with some nagging things of her own so then they both came back feeling like yes we're ready um was really cool Uh, and also my favorite story was that she started taking boxing um and so I was like oh you're you're boxing now like (laughs) to add her into the Rocky program somehow maybe we can pitch her against Lila (laughs) I'd like to see that, you know, that, that exhibition. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty funny. Um, but I was very happy for them. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I, I had heard them say that actually they did not feel underprepared necessarily because they were able to take care of things. And, you know, it's, um, you can very often be carrying niggles through a season um, that may have happened in the off season in actual fact, but you don't have time or um, the relief to be able to just, you know, probably only take a few days off, get some, you know, massage, a little bit of treatment, and not big deals, but they escalate. And so, um, yeah, I, I was like intelligent, very intelligent to take the time out yourself to rest, recoup, come back fresh. So then the time is quality, not necessarily quantity. And um, and I, I just, I think it's only a matter of time before these, the Czech teams actually elevate. And I see them, I put them in um, a similar category to the two French teams that you talked about earlier as well. Um, and I, I just um, touching on the French as well, I think they're different enough where they are right now to be different without being outrageous different because um, Karina Ruber, their coach, uh, she ha- she likes to be a bit different and contemporary. And in the past, I don't know if you would remember um, Zoe Blanc and Pierre-Louis Bouquet. Um, they competed around the time I did. And some of the things they did um, were different, very different. But I, I really feel like they're choosing material that is not necessarily um uh, what you would expect as ice dancers, but it was, it's great. It's like a contemporary style of dance. And maybe Papadakis Cicerone paid the way for that because their style is a little bit um, uh, contemporary, but I'm, I like it. I really like it a lot. So the two things that they were saying that, you know, I was thinking seem unusual compared to some other skaters was that the French teams, um, at least the ones that train in Villard seem to be, that they 
almost all of them started as ice dancers, never were single skaters, so that they've been training ice dance from the time they were little kids. Um, so they've got like some a few more years of that yeah, under their belt. Grounding, yeah. Yeah. And then um, that they do the like ballet on ice, theater on ice um, as well, like develop, you know, developmentally. And then like, even these teams are still, they don't do the full season, but they join in for like the second part of the um, season. And they're saying like, that's actually one of the things that's cool about it, like teaches them them some different partnering skills, but they were saying that it also helps him like skating on his own to experiment a bit more and try some things and then they each kind of do a bit on their own and then come back together and say well what if we try doing this thing and so it was interesting to see those pieces of their preparation that are also um i think a little bit different than um your average team but seem to be producing interesting results yeah i think i think it's really encouraging to see that those you know um a lot of ice dances dominated by Montreal and I am. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that we still get light and shade and variations and personalities and, um, and, and not, um, not necessarily, Oh, there we go. I expected that, you know, um, I think it's good for the sport that we have that variety as well. So, and I genuinely, even amongst the Iron teams at Europeans, I really felt there was a good variety and a good choice of music. And I really, um, I wasn't sure I was going to love the um, the rhythm dance. Um, perhaps I, I, um, I'm i a little bit old school, but I was like, that's not a rhythm, that's a style, you know, 80s. Um, but I love 80s music and I love what they're doing with it, you know, and I, I really could just watch it over and over and over again. And I think the music helps with that. But I think really um, a lot of those skaters will not have been born in the 80s, but they've embraced it. I feel like it was one for the coaches maybe, um, but have embraced it and done a great job. And I find it really entertaining um, to, to watch. Um, if you Even if you just throw the technique aside, it's very entertaining, a great rhythm. One of the things that the um, that Lucy and Theo said was that they really wanted to do um, – Rasputin, the uh, but then they found out that that was 1979, and so they couldn't do it. Um, which yeah. just, it was one of those like every once in a while a skater will tell you a throwaway like, oh, we almost did this and then that, and then you have this whole vision in your head. And I was like, <laughs> I think it's good. I actually like their sort of hip hop um, rhythm dance. I think works really well for them. But it was very funny <laughs> to imagine the like um, what a Rasputin um, yeah. <laughs> rhythm dance would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a re- like really good. I'm excited to see more and more of, of those rhythm dances as the season. Uh, we're, we're not far off the end now, actually, but um, for the next couple of championships. Yeah. Can we talk for a second about um, Papadakis and Cicerone and if you think they're coming back? <laughs> um, there was a comment, I think, in an interview that kind of implied they might be like some sort of like t- almost like a double negative or whatever that something Guillaume had said that kind of made it sound like well if we weren't going to come back or something so it kind of sounded like also you are coming back kind of thing so it's not confirmed but maybe they are (laughs) I really feel um why wouldn't you come back I think they've remained active they've done some really great things individually they still are showing that they're skating together they're you know besties and they 
like each other's company. And um, I just think that they could still be very ahead um, personally. Um, and I, I, I really loved them and they weren't old champions. And I think um, why, why wouldn't they come back, you know, and go again? Um, but yeah, I mean, nobody's confirmed that. That's my hunch is they will. And my hunch is they will. We'll, we'll I think um, the next few months will be interesting. And um, I would like to see them come back personally. I think it would be good for the sport. I think it would also um, uh, be a real good inspiration. Uh, maybe a little bit disappointing for a few people, but you know those those mid range teams as well. Um, at that you know, and the younger teams to have that um, that ahead of them, I think will be really really good. Um, but we'll see. I love the exhibition that they did here. This um, Bach, like cello piece. It's like, it reminds me of all of the best characteristics of what they can do that so few teams can of doing something that's like very stripped down and avant-garde and just so beautiful. But then their edge quality comes through. I mean, so this was my first time seeing them live. Um, and I had kind of I was like, oh, what a like lovely extra surprise that we get to have that. Um, and just like the first time that I saw them on the ice at the gala practice, each of them like just skating and doing like some very basic like warm up crossovers. I was like, oh, whoa, okay, you are like, actually at, you know, at a different level, even though the other teams are amazing. Um, yeah. There was just that something really special and unique. And I think um, they could do some really interesting things artistically, given the other, you know, the experiences that they've had, the time away, if they came back and were able to really bring that with them, um, I would love to see, like, I want to see the programs that they come up with. It's kind of, you know, it's how I'm feeling. It's but like, that's how I feel about a lot of skaters. Like, I want, just give me a song and like, <laughs> all of, which brings me to Laura's question. <laughs> what would you have skated to for the rhythm dance? Please? Oh, what a good question that I have no answer to. That means it is a great question. <laughs> um, what would I have skated to? Um, I feel like Eurythmics could have been in the mix. Oh, you know, okay. I'm a I'm a dreamer. So something that said sweet dreams is going to be, you know, up there for me. Um, yeah, I, I love a bit of everything in the 80s. I'd have struggled to choose, honestly. Um, yeah, I, th I think Wham maybe, but then I feel like Wham's a little bit twee, maybe. Um, is it That's oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, think, I think something a li little bit, you know, Eurythmic C would probably have been our kind of, we like, like to be a little bit different if we could, but. Uh, within the boundaries that allowed, shall we say. <laughs> we haven't listened to your list yet, right? Oh, okay. One? No, we haven't. We yet. don't want to miss out on that one. <laughs> well, you might. We'll see. I kept you talking all this time. You might not have me back. Um, so who did, who did I think would win? I put uh, Charlene and Marco, but I thought Fair and Gibson would be hot on their heels. Um, I don't think it's cut and dry. Uh, on paper, the Italians definitely have the edge, um, but there's no room for error. And I think that was quite a good, you know, not uh, outlandish prediction or outrageous. It was quite, you know, agreeable. Um, who did I want to win? And I just put uh, Charlene and Marco or Lila and Lewis because I have, um, you know, I'm not a judge. I am an audience member just like everybody else, and I'm a former skater. And so there I have connections to them both so it would be hard for me to say 
for me to make a choice, honestly. Um, but I thought there was a battle for one and two and then a second battle for third place, um, which I thought might be between Alison, um, the Finns and the Georgians, I thought might be up there. Um, but actually having seen them, I think they were placed correctly, personally. Um, just, uh, I think, uh, pitched against and, and seeing them side by side with everybody else, I think they were where they should have been, honestly. Um, and the ones to watch, um, I felt the French were gaining momentum, so I put La Brave Brousseau, that were fourth, yeah. and the Czechs, because I think that their time will come, whether it's it's not quite now, but I think their time will come. Um, and I, I just a nod to the other British teams. I think they perhaps didn't have the, you know, um, uh, Cairns and Carr. They don't, they haven't been together very long. So they, they did themselves proud. And uh, Becca Fernandez, um, I thought they might be a little bit higher, you know, having been fourth yeah. in the world. But they weren't clean and they're young and it's yeah. a great experience for them. And they were there as second team, not as first team. So um, to have a presence, I think, was the important thing and to gain experience. Um, so, yeah, de def I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they'll be around for a long time. So um, I'd be excited to see them succeed with Nick. I was feeling bad for Phoebe and I because she's I so upset for herself about the twizzle and then again in the, the free skate and I was thinking oh how do you you know when when it becomes a thing that's in your head like that it's really challenging um and I was asking her I was like okay you know what what do you do to drill or like what are the things and that she was saying that they do um distracted twizzling um where their coach will like play loud noises or try to support surprise them or do something to throw them off and make see if they can still keep doing the, the twizzle through it which I thought was very funny I don't know if that's a normal training tactic but I like that idea a different one I think just lots of repetition and finding a formula that works for you because you can have different coaches you know I do it when I coach now it's it's not that they're right and I'm wrong or I'm right and they're wrong it's just different and and we arrive at the same destination but we might take a different route and so like you know, good for them getting the distraction technique. I'm all about that. Um, I think that's a great idea. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a pain, you know, when it gets in your head. And it's a thing um, because you can read it, I think. You can read it in a performance as well. You know, you could, you could see it coming a little bit. Um, but it's quite important to remember that sometimes the, the mistake is shown and presented by one person and i'm not saying this was the case uh with james at all but the uh, it may be that his direction was slightly off or it was actually a little bit out of sync and she just happened to look and that little twitch was what put her off balance you know and the first case I, i'm again without reviewing them again i you know we watched a lot of skating last week, didn't we? Um, but yeah, yeah. It, I always try and think, hmm, was, I mean, it, the mistake was by her, but actually, you know, um, it's not always, maybe you didn't step quite as wide or something, you know, so it can be off-putting. I do yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. I do want to uh, read out Sarah's comment. Sarah, we miss you. Hopefully you're back next time. Uh, so good to see uh, Great Britain have three dance spots and have teams to be able to send for them too. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's been a lot of hard work over many years, you know. Uh, and I was, um, you know, part of that team way back when. And I, I really um, kind of the the fruits of all, all the, the process 
from years back. It's it's really great. I mean, you've probably heard this before, but um, I when I saw Lila and Lewis in at Sheffield uh, Grand Prix, um, I went over to say hi, and it I really hadn't spoken to them much before that. Um, I'd taken a break to see my children. I was only ever in the studio and uh, to, to have my children and only ever in the studio. And she said. You were my flower girl. I was your flower girl at Europeans in 2012. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, lovely, but that made me feel quite old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she, she was picking up the flowers on the ice when I competed. And so it was, um, yeah, that keeps your feet on the ground. I'm not going to lie, but it, <laughs> but it's nice to know you, you know, she remembered me at least, if nothing uh, but yeah that's what it you know having the championships in your home country that's what it does you know and probably not me necessarily but that might really have helped fuel um the occasion fuel her inspiration too so that's yeah. great I really hope that there are like lots of inspired Lithuanian skaters now who like those kids and people who really want to you know be out there and and keep growing the sport um yeah yeah, but yeah, the longer we do this, like every year, like I'm like, these could be my children. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a moment where I'm like, I could, I could have had a teen pregnancy. These could be my children. It's At crazy. Sweet America, that happened to um, Celine, the French journalist, and I were um, getting coffee, walking over to the arena, and like the barista was like, "Oh, there's something happening. Like, do you, you know, do you have kids com- like competing there?" Oh and no, they're like. <laughs> Oh no. Like I'm sure that in his mind he was a picturing like, you know, eight year olds competing because he didn't know it, but I was like, oh wait, uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. but as was pointed out many times, um Matteo um and Marco are very old at their 35 and 36. And that Don't um, say that. I'm turning 34 on Friday. Why would you do I that? Know, I, 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 I turned 34 on last uh, last Wednesday, so I was laughing at that as well. But they were making taking every opportunity to point out that Marco is now the oldest um, man to have won an ice dance um, title at European because he yeah. beat Christopher Dean's <laughs> record. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Jane is still the oldest competitor, but yeah, Marco is like second. hopefully they keep going to you know all of these teams hopefully they keep going to milan at least so we'll have a nice uh we'll keep having skaters who are older than us ellie that's true (laughs) Uh, we'll be depressing like in four years then in two years it's fine but uh, in six years that would be the depressing olympics then (laughs) when we show up and everyone is younger than us (laughs) uh yeah i feel like we should maybe conclude this because it's been two hours and 60 minutes and it's currently almost 1am here. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm doing it at this time as well. I'm, uh, apology. We have a lot of Americans, so, who, who listen to us, watch yeah, us. So. I'm, sure the, I'm sure the American viewers are very happy that we're all a bit late, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that we are all, for the, this is the first time that I think that we've done this where, I would say we're not all in the same time zone, but we are, all five of us are actually in Europe, at least at the moment, so we're, we're doing better than we do sometimes in terms of being spread among many people. Uh-huh. It's fun that Anna is in the US and Izumi is in Japan. That's yep. <laughs> the math that's going on, organizing things. Uh, I do want to point out that we missed your ba- birthday, Anna. So happy birthday. 
yes, it was my birthday Wednesday. Um, I went and got some cake right before the start of the competition. And um, it was actually very nice because my friends who were at the competition, um, other journalists and fans um, came and had cake with me. And I got um, some chocolate that from like I have now in my bag right now, I have chocolate from five different countries. It's very exciting. Um, and my friend gave me a history of the ISU, um, which, you know, is exactly the kind of nerdy um, figure skating present that I truly love. So I'm carrying a very heavy uh, history of the ISU in my luggage. Right That's sweet. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will see you again for Four Continents. Is that the next live stream? Uh, Youth of the Olympics, Olympics might be first, oh. yes. <laughs> We so, will yeah, we're mind. working on getting some um, guests for the Youth Olympics that hopefully we'll be able to announce soon. So that will be, I think that will be the next live stream. And um, we, I don't think we're going to talk um, on any of our live streams about Canadian or U.S. nationals. And so no. um, just just to say we are following them. It's not that we don't think they're important. It's just we can only fit in so many. We can only things. fit in so many streams. <laughs> we will have uh, an interview out tomorrow. Um, um, from Izumi about Camden McKinnon uh, in the lead up to nationals. So look out for that. <laughs> and thank you again so much to our guest. Uh, and Luis, you did not talk too much. We would always oh, invite wow. you back. It was wonderful to have you. Very <laughs> um, wonderful. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> and I think you should also copy the list. I think that's a very good thing. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye, you for everyone. Listening. I'm ending the stream.